Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Tune the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the mums, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. I've been, yeah. It's the Black Country Blokes chewing the fat. With me, Kev Dillon, Craig Pinches, Lee Cadman and Aaron Jim. Now, were you aware that 78% of the world's suicide is men? 78% in a, 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 stat, um, in a report that Aaron read just before we come on. 78% of the world's suicide is men. And what was it? We are more likely to die of suicide by the age of 25 and 45 than cancer. And how mad is that? And how many people do we know? I think. The sad state is now, we've all met someone who has done it. Yeah. What, Dan, what Dan Brown from Took Enough To Care said, have completed suicide. Mm. They haven't attempted it, they've done the deed of suicide. And a lot of it, I mean, some people have got very serious mental health problems where it hasn't been picked up on. But so many people have got themselves into such a dire strait that they don't think there's a solution. Um, if I, I'm going to lose the house, my wife's going to leave me, um, I'm addicted to drugs. There is so often a way out of it. Unfortunately, in the nation we live in now, and probably in the times, because that, that statistic isn't just Great Britain, that is the world. And unfortunately, even though people are so aware of mental health, there isn't many people helping. Yeah. I've met people uh, who've worked for the police force and have been stabbed by uh, a needle and they've had to wait for ages to get their HIV test back and they said would you like counselling first time he said no second time he says well, yes Miss Milks I've had to think about telling my wife and my children and my daddy might have hepatitis or HIV and I went okay but about in a year's time you can have counselling and that's not just with the coppers <clears throat> it's too late then isn't it it's too late yeah. and unfortunately this is the problem with counselling, not with the counsellors, with the time it takes you to get it. You're abused. Okay, you've got to go and live in your own head for six to 10 to 12 to 18 months. And if you are in that dark room that I talk about so long, further you go in there, harder it is to come out. And that's why one of the main reasons why we started this. Absolutely. Have you personally, you haven't got to say names, have you had anyone in your lives that have um, uh, completed suicide? I, I know of recent, I know someone, but going back to that statistic, it is mad, because when I think back, I know I know a few males that have done it, and only one female mm -hmm. that are, are, I've known personally mm -hmm. that has done it, you know what I mean? And that's, like, so that statistic may not be all that far off. Obviously, it's, um, we only know what we've, Course, read it. We, we, we can't like guarantee the credibility of it but it, like thinking back to who I know that have, have committed suicide then you know what I mean it does it, it sort of tallies up and it is mad like you say people have to live in the head for so long I mean last year I had a cancer scare um, and obviously why I was waiting for the camera waiting for this and waiting for that I, I was just in a daze for so long yeah. and there's sort of there's sort of no aftercare for 
the emotional or mind state of, you know what I mean, it could be this one waiting on tests. And then you, you, you think, no, well, what, what am I meant to do? Live my life that, like for the next two months, just thinking, ah, fuck it, if it is, it is. Mm. Because it don't work like that. You know, it's, it's like I was speaking to you the other day about um, recently my brothers. Yeah. You know, he's, he's going through what my dad went through, which is um, bowel cancer. He's recently had a camera and he's so far he's got over 200 polyps in, mm. in the one bit of his bowel. Now he's still having to have to go to work, work mm. down wherever he works, London or whatever, in, in that mind state. You know what I mean? So he's still got to go and earn money. But them, them think, oh yeah, you're probably going to have to have your, your, your large intestine out. You know, you're 30 years of age, you're probably going to have to have that out and send you on your way until your next appointment. Mm. You know, it, it is crazy. So you can see why them statistics would rise because yeah. if there's no, but I mean that that's not knocking uh, medical like professions because that they have no beds when you're critically ill. Mm -hmm. Let alone, care. let let alone. You know what I mean? So I want you to pray one day because these things. Oh look, we are not to live in America because in America, if you get caught with cancer, mm. you'd have to lose your house and everything to pay it off. If you haven't got insurance. If you haven't got insurance. So you could be, so like my mum and dad, they've raised us, they've sent us off to university, mm. done it, and then in the 60s, they have to lose the house to pay for the chemo. Mm. But I watched a programme, it was in England, it was on Channel 4, and Red Christmas, and there's people in this country went, I'm self-employed, I've got diagnosed with cancer, mm. I can't work, mm. I can't, then mm. I lose my house. And in truth, even if you're not, like I, I have to take time off for Keller, and um, even at that point, you're losing money. There's only so much time, even if you're employed, Mm. that they're going to need it. Like, in my contract, it states if, if I ever, someone close to me died, parents, children, a week off, a week. Disgusting. I mean, no, you just think, like, mm. you can't even get a funeral in that week. Do you know what? That's fact. You can't do a call in that week, in a week, do you know what I mean? That's right, because you the other day it was on the radio, actually, because normally for, like, grieving, uh, the loss of a child, this one was, this was on the radio, BBC Two, and it was about, um, you usually get three days off for grieving a child. And they've upped it now to two weeks. As I say, I mean, I've unfortunately been to a few funerals recently, and they're all over two weeks' time just because of the backlog. Yeah. So you wouldn't even get to the funeral nah. at that time. That's crazy. But if it? Like, and it's, I agree with it, like paternity leave <laughs> when the dad gets to have time off when he's had his first child or children. But surely they should respect that if he lost the child and some people I know a lot of people they have to they're like an ostrich put their head in the sand mm. and deal with it. other people need to just sit there and wallow yeah. we've said it a million times you've got to find your medicine Absolutely. but how, how cruel would it be you lose your mother I love my mother with all my side when she passes it'll kill me yeah. you know what I mean but would I have to go back to being normal straight away maybe not yeah. and I think people should have to look after that and it's same one of my very good friends. He was working, he was working for his things and then he got mental health problems and he admitted he got mental health problems and his company got rid of him. And nowadays that should be unfair dismissal. Mm. But they won't say it was because of that. Oh no, of course they'll, they'll, they'll find something else. And yeah. nowadays we've gone to this thing of, hey, it's okay, it's okay your memory problem. But really in the real world, not us for not many of you out there, because I understand that you understand what we're on about. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these people think, really? Yeah. And that's why a lot of women don't necessarily get the jobs that mm -hmm. men will, because 
about a child bearing age. How long have you been with your partner? Have you got children? Are you planning on having children? Yeah. In that case, I'll hire our own. Mm. And they, they're seeing things that could happen. And I don't think that's so cruel. I think it's mad. I think I'm, I'm starting to realise lately that I think like a lot of mental illnesses or depression or whatever, I think that comes about being bound to a certain situation. Like there's no, if you've not got the freedom, m money's a big, it's a big anchor for a lot of people. You know, without without money, you're pretty much stuffed in the, in this modern world. So, but if you had all the money, and I know a lot of people like Robin Williams and that, that that still suffered. And I'm not saying this to be all end all, but like myself, if I had the freedom to live my life exactly how I wanted to, not be subject to have to go mm. to work, I'd still work because that's like it's in my nature. But not have to do that job for the man because I have to for pittance, you know. And I think that's what gets gets you fed up and depressed and that. Well, that's personal, as I say, I have to take time off for, for my daughter and I feel guilty taking that time off. Yeah. If I'm ill myself, I'll get to work. There's no doubt about it. It doesn't matter if I've been throwing up, whatever, I'll get to work. Because I know but, I'm already using that time. But you feel bad phoning up to say, look, my daughter's mm. ill or, or whatever. Or I'm ill. You know, I, I try not to phone many, I don't have many sick days off, mm. only when I'm really sick. You know what I mean? And then you think, feel bad now because they're, they're going to think I'm lying. Mm. Well, like, you ain't, but you do feel bad, bad for it. My, my case was that you'll never have a day off. Uh, very poorly over Christmas and shit. Then I've got to go, I went, Kate, they don't give a fuck about you. Mm. If you drop dead you tomorrow, you'll be replaced. <laughs> in, in two weeks. <laughs> in two weeks. Yeah. In two months, you've forgotten about mm. So she was really poorly, went in, had to get sent back, she was that poorly. And I went, they don't appreciate you going. And that's the normal world now, isn't it? We feel we have to, we have to. Yeah. But you gaffer, I don't give a fuck about you. We're just a and number that, and we can we can be turned over. But that's even worse yeah. with mental health, because at least if you're turning up to work and you physically you can physically mm. see that you're you've yeah. got a really bad cold, you're being sick. It's easier to see mm. if you turn up to work and you look a bit glum, oh yeah, you're you're at work, mate. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? There's work. no like there's no physical signs. Or not the same physical signs as if you had a cold or, or sickness you, or you've just had that day agoraphobia or something and you can't physically leave mm -hmm. it all and then say like um dylan you're late for work leave i, ca I can't get out well man up before aaron's gonna have your job you know mm -hmm. i'm just having a wobble and, and just on that then so i think that's that's a good point because when i heard that statistic at, at the beginning the 78 percent of it being men I was thinking to myself, and I remember kind of like, I journal a lot now, I started journaling mm. in the last few weeks, it really helps kind of clear my head. And, I, and as I was writing, I was like, what kind of world have we, and I say we as in everyone, because we've all kind of inputted into the world, manufactured that mm. men, are, men are seeing no way out, that we have almost created these rules that aren't, the, the man-made rules, we've all made rules of how a guy should be, mm. a guy shouldn't cry, a guy should you know, be strong for their family, a guy should be the provider, a guy should you know, do all, all of the things that we've just made all these rules. And what happens is when we do struggle, when we have anxiety, when we have overwhelm, it becomes too much to bear. And then if something goes wrong, you have a bad deal, for example, mm -hmm. or you haven't got enough money to cover the bills, or you think you've got an illness on the side and you're handling all that and you're thinking, I don't want to be you know, the bearer of bad news. I don't want to put that yeah. stress on somebody else. This yeah. is why, I'm not saying it's the only reason, this is why we're, we're seeing more suicides across men. I just don't feel women necessarily have that stress I'm sure they've, they've, they've got hundreds of stress, they've got yeah, loads yeah. of stresses, I'm not yeah. saying that. I'm thinking as a man, have we created somewhat yeah. a society 
where we put ourselves here thinking bravado is the key yeah. um, when actually nah mate that's not like talking is like strength like when I, when I speak to people some of the most courageous people in my eyes are the people who say do you know what I'm, I'm struggling here mate or and, and they could be tough as anything they could be you know it could be boxers yeah. or bodybuilders or whatever you want to call them but just having that openness to say actually I struggle or I cry I mean like we, we touched on briefly just before here the Kobe thing it was it was such a weird thing for me mm. to wake up the next morning I'm texting the wife she's on a machine opposite I was like I feel like crying here yeah I was thinking I don't even know this guy but it affected me reading all the stories and everything and, and I'm quite emotional anyway and I'm thinking I'm in a gym and I, I have this thing where if I get emotional I'm instantly about to like yeah. ball out and then I end up messaging the lady later on saying I need to control this. So I had this woman who does energy healing and she, she gave me a tip that get your tongue and put it to the roof of your mouth yeah. and hold it there for a bit or pinch here. So between your index finger and your thumb. Okay. So um, obviously I found that out in hindsight afterwards. Yeah. But now I was like, at least I'm not just going to end up crying. And then even <laughs> yeah. that in my head, it's like, I was so worried that if I broke down in the yeah. gym, fucking hell, mate, I would have, I would have had it. You know, but you know, funny, but if your wife yeah. uh, had heard Princess Diana had died, yeah. And she started blurting it, big. Come here, come Absolutely. here. Yeah. It's all right. You know, we're a bloke, does it? Um, Muhammad Ali yeah. died, or Robin Williams. When he died, I was going, bloody hell. Mm. And it looks for six, doesn't it? But if we'd have done it, I'm up here, unless it's my biological family or one of the best friends ever to go, man up, kids. Like, for God's sake, you don't know him. Do you know what it is? It's, yeah. it's almost as if like men are that mentality where it's better to be mourned than it is to live with shame yeah, and feel definitely. ashamed. You know what I mean? And, and it is crazy. You mentioned that Muhammad Ali. I done near cried when that man died because the only person I ever wanted to meet in my life was Muhammad Ali. Mm. You know, I just found him so spectacular. And, you know, I, I can be an emotional guy. I mean, I watched Sons of Anarchy and that, the, the biker thing. You know, when I hope he died. Yeah. You know, no, when I hope he got killed. Yeah. Mate. I still got it. I, 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 I had to pause it and sit on the set. I, I, was, I was in bits yeah. and my missus was sort of. Laugh. I don't know if I, knew, I wanted to console me or whether to laugh at me, like, because it, it's a character. Yeah. But but I think it is better to be mourned than it is to feel mm, shame. Because that. that shame, mate, is something we all go through. Oh, yeah. You know, and a lot of us go through it in silence because some of the things we're ashamed of, we don't even want to yeah. speak through fear of judgment. But isn't it great having this, this platform here? I mean, we all met, what, six, seven months ago, probably, yeah. or three of us, we all have some new care. And we're openly just talking to a random guy who, let's be honest, I mean, we haven't even met each other's families, for example. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're speaking live yeah, to whoever's watching. Exactly. <laughs> and we're saying, I'll cry. You know, yeah. and yeah. we're actually talking about more of the things that we probably would never have spoken to, even our nearest and dearest. Yeah. And, and I actually find that most, actually, or every time I leave this place, I, I'm always in a better space because yeah. I've got all those things that maybe I don't always feel comfortable telling the people I want to be telling, or mm. if that makes sense. Now we'd probably start, we'd probably walk past each other in the town. Of course, mate. So probably eyeball each other, not yeah. not in a nasty <laughs> way, but sizing each other up, and then yeah. carry on about your business because yeah. that's that's what we do. Yet women of like mind, mm -hmm. and that does it shows the power of speak, but also the power of listening. Mm. Because I, you know, I can talk for days, but I can also listen. What I mean, what Aaron touched on saying is lovely talking. But through this podcast, I've had people contact me on my on my Facebook thing and on Instagram and even just being up here and going, mm. I think it's brilliant what you're doing, Kev. Um, and these are the people I never thought would be listening to. They're Joe mm. Blogs. Mm. People who I've probably never met, they go, I've suffered, I'm losing my vision or I'm in a dark place or I've got these thoughts. And then 
they'll either phone me or we, we message and we, we, we talk. Mm. And it, it's great that people now maybe haven't got what well, some of us have got that great network of friends, but it's just reaching out. Mm. So if anyone has got messages or anything and you'd like us um, to talk about it or Absolutely. one of the many weeks our, our fifth black country bloke is Nick Davis. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, he's not from the black country, he's from Coventry, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let him, him, we'll him off. Yeah. Okay. He's, decent nice to what, he's decent at <laughs> what he does, we'll let him in. But if there are questions, and when he is on one of the weeks, if you um, send us messages and then next time he's on, or counsellors or the different people we have on, please get in touch because there is no need to suffer now. And we were going to say something about social media, and I think it's so much. Mm-hmm. Now that we talk to, or we're in contact, with more people than we ever would have been. Mm-hmm. When I grew up drinking the Prince Albert pub, there was 30, 50 people in there. Now you're in contact mm-hmm. with thousands of people on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. So you've got more contact, but at the same time we're more alone. Mm-hmm. We are more frightened. If we put something on, we might get shot down. So I can't put that on. Or yeah. I get on there and I'm pissed and I go, well, actually I didn't, I didn't like him. Mm-hmm. Bash, bash, bash. So, that's what's breaking people down as well. And then mm. the youths, the kids of today, when we were bullied, you were bullied in primary school, I was bullied in secondary school. But at least I know when I got home, I was with mummy and daddy and Rich, and Mike Tyson could have come in there and the Dillons would have killed him <laughs> one way or another, and I knew all safe. <laughs> but now, if it was Jasmine, God, please, never happened to her. She could be there, not saying anything to daddy, going, you're right, you've been playing with, playing with Aaron Lee and Craig. And then she'd been bullied all day. Then she sat there, crying over what some twats are putting at her. And I think what I could do now, as a 36-year-old man who wasn't brought with it, I just wouldn't put my phone up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'd mm-hmm. get up. But because that social media is their right arm, they they don't want to not be on it. Yeah. And it must be so tough. Because that causes a problem as well, if you're not on it. Yeah. It's like, we, I'm having it at the minute. I mean, uh, before Christmas, my son was having it, Troy was coming back, really upset. You know what I mean? Enough. He just wore right for a bit and then he, he broke down on the night. He broke down to us and he told us what was going on. Some kids above him, a few years old, with him, was making fun of him, saying he's got elf ears and he's got big ears and he's saying all that. Fucking join the club. Do you know what? Like, well, he, mate, he broke down and he broke me. Yeah. And I, I went in I went in the school the next day. I didn't take him with me. I said, Troy, I'm coming into school. I said, I said okay. I said, why? I said, because he's been picked on. And until I know that he's coming here and it's a safe environment for him, he ain't coming to school. And they did, bless them, they did sort it out. But we're having it now because of Xbox, Xbox Live and playing this Fortnite thing, which I know I'm supposed to be 18 anyway. Mm-hmm. He's seven going on 18, if that counts. Because <laughs> um, like, he's got an headset on now, we're going on for Christmas. He's talking to his friend and you can hear him getting irate and bickering with each other. Mm-hmm. And you think, he's not got social media, but he's got... He's got the Xbox. he's got the headset yeah, on the yeah, Xbox, yeah. so he talks to his friends, and then get he's getting all right. And I have to we have to take him off it, me and his mum, and say, look, you've got to come off because the they should. Same thing, isn't I it? said games shouldn't be stressful; they should be fun. I yeah. said, and if you're stressing, it's because you've got the headset mm-hmm. on. And you, I said, you're going to you losing your friends at school, so your your extracurricular activities at home are going to make it hard for you at school, based on this technology. You know when. I, some would argue that yeah well then kids that's up to you as a parent and not allow them that you know but again they get bullied down for not having it so you're sort of in, in, a, in a stuck place but we do regulate it quite well you know we have, we have to on about bullying I know so many people here who come up here because we've been bullied and I talk to the parents 
and often it's uh, Craig's really good pupil. And Kev's loyal, and Kev keeps bullying him. So what they do is they, they move Craig away from his friends yeah. and leave Kev to be loyal. Mm. And I go, well, yeah. Craig's done nothing wrong with yeah. 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 you. Yeah. And then That's he's going home and, and then like Craig could, uh, his dad's bringing up England. Kev, teach me how to fight. And Craig's like, I don't want to fight, Dad. Mm. I don't want, because if I eat him, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm a good, I'm a good kid. Yeah. I'm getting A's and everything. If I eat Kev, let's go. And, it, it must be so horrible. And if you go, hang on, if Kev's the dickhead, take Kev away from his friends. That's and it. if he keeps doing it, get rid of him. Yeah, you know what I mean? Why punish the kid who's being bullied anyway? We always found that like mad at school, um, the school we went to, because you'd have, you'd have like your set sixes and that who never did so well, you know, academically or whatever, or they were just naughty shits. And they'd go on like the quad bike in and they'd go on this side. Yeah. We were stuck there revising for exam or, or doing all the work and because they um, they need extra attention or they ain't doing so well, they get on the fucking quad biking. Shouldn't we be on the quad biking? And they be learning more at school. And I think that's like the way they work it is it's like that I'll give it to him and show him up. It's the yeah. path. The easy parenting kind of style. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, the yeah. path of least resistance. Yeah. And it's my I think I mean everything's mad. None of us are perfect people and none of us have got perfect systems. But the fact that we acknowledge and recognise there's flaws means there's somewhere that needs improvement. And that's what we want to encourage, I think, especially with this podcast, is to just put everything out there. Because we all have our dark days, we've all spoken yeah. about it privately or on here as well. And like Kev said earlier, you know, the more people that can reach out, follow the messages, yeah. even just try and talking or journaling, we mentioned two things today. I can't explain like how much my head is clear. Mm. And the days I don't do it, I'm an absolute mess. Like, it, well, I'm fine and, until something happens. And then, because I've got 300 things in my head that I need to do or I need to be doing, and then life hits you with something, I struggle. Mm. Whereas when I've journaled it, it's kind of like, it's gone from here and it's just gone. And then my head's clear. So, you know, like, just for people that have never journaled before. Right in the diary. What, what would you journal? Would you do much. it? Oh, I think this, so I'm going to rise. So I do it at night. Um, so at night, what I'll do is I'll... I do gratitude first, like three things that I'm grateful for. Mm. And it's not necessarily like like my bed, my hot water uh, in the shower yeah. and my wife, which, which I've written previously, yeah. but it's gotta be something, um, and Nick's taught me this as well, I've spoken to Nick about it as well. You need to like feel it as well, and you need to not just write it for the sake of writing it. So really like on that day, what was like for today, I'm grateful for this conversation. You know, yeah. we've all taken time out and I feel better coming here. I'm grateful I can still walk. I had a bad, bad back, for example, yeah. earlier. So I'm, I'm grateful like it's nothing serious. And you write that down. Then what I do is, I just don't, I, I, honestly, my head is like, it's probably like yours yeah. in terms, I've got ideas, I've, I've got like 30 blog ideas just off, off the conversation we've had here. I've yeah. got how I'm gonna edit this video and get the right thing out of it here. Then I've got yeah. find your voice coming out there, I need to get that out of the way. Then I've got to go on site tomorrow. I've got like 300 things on my nan, X, Y, and Z. So then it's like, scribble it down. Because yeah. when I go put my head on the pillow, I don't want none of that yeah. coming to the pillow with me. Yeah. Then what I do is I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do in the first like 10 minutes is I'll do a to-do list. And on that to-do list is what do I have to accomplish? Like if all else you know goes to part, I have to go on site because that's my job. Mm. I have to go see my nan because she's not well. And that, that's pretty so much you, it. You forget the importance. Exactly. That, yeah. I, and I'm going to hit them first. So there's a great book by Brian Tracy. It's called Eat That Frog. So normally what he says in that, you want to you do the most important task on the day. And sometimes that's normally the task we don't want to do, or we kind of put it to the side. Yeah. You, know, you know that phone call you got to make, or yeah. that email you got to send. We often kind of procrastinate. So then I put that down, and then I look at the other stuff, and I'm like, well, 
is that really important? Is that worth stressing about? Yeah. Um, but, but honestly, I mean, I've only been doing it for about two weeks because I, I spoke to a healing lady again. I'm, I'm always fascinated by trying to work on yeah. myself. And she was explaining, even, even when I was around her, so she does like Reiki and stuff. And she's like, your nervous energy is incredible. She's like, when I'm around <coughs> you, I can feel like your anxiety and just like, and I get like health problems and I work out like, you know, sometimes like 10, 10 14 times a week. Yeah. I try and eat right for most of my diet. I look after myself, I hydrate. And I'm like, why do I still get ill? Like, pretty, like mm. every time we speak, I'm ill within like every few days. Yeah. And she was like, some of it's connected to your gut. So when you're eating nutritious food, it's not being digested into your system because because of the way you are. So she actually gave they me this idea. The second brain. That's it, good. absolutely. Second brain. So in order to sort my health and my gut out, I need to clear my head and my anxiety. It's crazy. And there's yeah. probably people listening who have that same kind of mind where it's overreactive and stuff. Yeah. Get it on paper. It's like goals, like goals, we can think of them in here, but you know that thing, if you yeah. write them down, you're something like, I don't know what the stats are, probably like 70% or something, more likely to achieve them goals yeah. once you write them down. I want something, what you were just saying about it, it's a thing on Facebook or it's on YouTube, I think I shared it with the Black Country folks page, there's a um, professor, hmm. and he gets this jar, and he gets some golf balls, and he goes, puts the golf balls in, he goes, is that full? And they go, yeah, it's full. Hmm. He goes, hang on, gets a bag of gravel, pours it in, he goes, is it full? He goes, yeah, it's full. He goes, hang on. It's about the sand. Pours it in. Goes, is it full? And he goes, yeah. And he gets a beer and pours it in. And it's full to brim. He goes, he goes the balls are your health, your family, your your ambitions. He goes, they're the important things here. They've got to go in first. Otherwise, you can't fit them around everything else. The gravel is your house, is your, your, your car, your, your bits and bobs that you aim for. And the sand, just all the rest of bullshit that blocks our day. But you put them in the wrong order, put the sand in first, you can't get the cars, the houses, yeah. then you can't get the important things in. Absolutely. And so it goes, what, the beer? What's the beer? He goes, well, we've always got time for a beer. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't it right? If you Absolutely. put the wrong things in the wrong order, and I think that's where we get lost, we focus on the bullshit. Yeah. We focus on, oh, fuck, you know, I'm not making enough money. So we went up to go to Mexico this year, uh, and then Kate's going to be upset, and then Jack, no matter it's a holiday. Yeah. You know what I mean? As long as we're well, we're healthy. Yeah. If we're not making enough money, the there's places to go and get your finances in order. Like if you haven't got the two hundred and fifty pound a week, they can stretch out to ten years, mm. five years. It's only a holiday, it's only a piece of metal we drive. It's only a brick and mortar that we sleep in. And I think sometimes we get lost in this, the golden handcuffs. Mm. And there's ways around it, gang. In your dark days, and I always think it's about completing suicide for you it is a way out for those buggers around you it isn't because your children mm. think how could i've saved dad your husband your wife how could i've stopped it your parents your friends down the booze and the people in the gym mm. and my friends who've completed suicide you do, you sit there thinking, fucking hell. You're moving that stress down, aren't you? So yeah. if you're worried about money, that money doesn't stop because you die. They still want that pain back. Mm-hmm. So it'll just go down to your wife. It moves on. I think it's like, you know, something I've, I've started saying a lot lately to people that keep shit to themselves. You know, burying your head in the sand, you're likely to get your ass kicked. Yeah. And that's what I've found I like lately. That. I like that. You know what I mean? You're leaving yourself exposed. So you, you need to know what's going on and get, get your head in the game. Cause Everything happens, everything exists around you. It's, and, and it's in your life, and obviously for a reason, whether it's your finances or your family or your troubles or whatever. 
athletes, what like you just said about the golf balls, yeah. it's a sequence. Everything is gonna be there regardless. You just need to put them in, in the correct sequence, you know, to, to make your life a little bit easier and less stressful. And by saying all this, I don't need to feel guilted into not completing suicide. I'm trying to encourage you to find ways mm. to find solutions for these things. Because guilt's another thing that can drive us to insanity or something heinous. Mm. So I don't want you to have that guilt because guilt's a, a bastard, it's a monkey on your back. So we've got we've got to find ways to find peace for ourselves. And if we have peace for ourselves, we'll have peace with the universe. Mm. And the only way of doing that is by seeking help. Has anyone here considered suicide? I've, I've considered a few times oh, over yeah. the years. Mm. Uh, I, I find I, I kind of attempted it once or I thought I did um, back in 2009, my worst worst ever year on this planet. Um, I didn't have my kids then and I was abusing steroids on steroids and whatever else. So you know, I was pumped up, but I was, I was fucked up at the same time. And a lot of people I spoke to said steroids over that. So yeah, steroids over this. They they did. I abused steroids and they did. Um, and I did. I took I took loads of tablets. I was only like your 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 paracetamols, your ibuprofen, your whatever there was there. I must have took about seventy tablets. And did you think it would work when you took it? I did actually. Okay. Um, and the only thing it did was I fetched. I, I was really up. I fetched black bile up. Mm. Um, Cause I, it was at a time when Eminem sung, Eminem sung "Beautiful." Don't let us yeah. I used to drive. I used to have a Frontera Sport, and I used to have that on my phone, and I put my earphones in while I was driving. Never even bothered with the radio. Blocked everything. I used to go um, by the cemetery in Smithy Lane in Gornal, and I used to just sit by the gate to listen to that song on repeat over and over for hours and hours and hours. Um, and that, that was by far my worst year. And that was when my problems started. Actually, back end of '08 all of 2009 and i've never been right since uh learned to contain it a lot more so yeah i, I did kind of attempt it and I, I would, i'd have been what 21 years of age or, or coming you think what you're gonna be safe on at this point in time my beautiful my beautiful boys my you know what i mean and i understand that now but at the time no, and, and i still like even of, even of late even last year i don't know if it was you spoke to or, or you know i said that i go in that place yeah. still you know and, and i still think and I start setting up plans then that, that right I need to look after my boys financially how am I going to do that because obviously I'll provide and I, I start coming up with plans you know I was going to say because it's probably insurance fraud if I ever did it <laughs> I started thinking if I get life insurance and then next year it's an accident they get a lump sum and I'll get you know and I start I start like strategizing this 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 plan in my head and I'll go into detail and that's the way I work, like I overanalyze things and if I want to do something, it's, it's usually properly. So meticulously, I'll lie in bed and I'll cry and I'll meticulously be planning this. I'm thinking like this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then luckily like, I, like with my partner or with you guys and that, I see the light, yeah. you know, and it's not always a train coming, you know, and I'll, I'll come out of it and I think, fuck me. You, no, need, you need another mechanism there, like another, yeah. another route, because if that's always your route, what yeah. happens when you hit the financial figures that you want to hit say through your music or yeah. whatever you do so you have that stability and your kids are sorted yeah. god forbid ever, anything ever happened to you then what are you going to do next time you have a bad week mm. month year is that the only path you need to know like even like now moving forward from today have some other path like we're telling other people yeah it's funny you should say that because I, I always say to my partner um 
once, once I've made it, once I've, we've got enough money and we're stable enough, move my family up a, a, a level. I always say when I'm at bad times, I say, that's my purpose done. I don't give a fuck what happens to me after that. And I, 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 I say it constantly to that's him. That's the Tyson Fury scenario, isn't it? When he beats Klitschko. Yeah, he's got But then you've got to find something else. Oh, right? you, have yeah. to, you know, yeah. you've got to have the follow-up album. You've got yeah. to think, now I'm going to start talking about, now I've got the financial backing. Now I'm going to push for this podcast to get bigger. I'm going to become a radio DJ. You've got I to think you will. I think you're, you're an ambitious person anyway mm. in your music. Oh, for example, if you've got goals in your music, I can't see you finally achieving them after all the graft you put in and then not saying, hold on a minute, I think I can get that one now. Yeah. Or hold on, I can get that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, on another note, you might find that you're settled then because you've achieved that and mm. you can, you can try something and, different. And, and, and be with your kids and, yeah. Yeah. and do the things you want if you're at that point. See, I've said to like mm. Jay, and now it's me, and I said, if my music got big, I'd look at acting. If that got big, I'd look at writing to replay. Yeah. If that got big, I'd look at owning my own suit. So I, I, I'm always pushing forward, but when I have the dark days, yeah. if I make it, and then, like you just said, and then financially stable, that's when I hit a point where I think, oh, yeah, but I, I've served my purpose now. That's when you've got to have. It don't matter what happens to me. So that's when you've got to have bus love to someone. You're going, all right then, this chapter of your life is over. So let's write the next page. Yeah. Let's get into mm-hmm. the next bit now. Do you know what's mad like? I think it's because I don't fear death. I'm not scared of death in the slightest. I'm, I'm, I fear my boys being without their hero, their someone they love, and that plays on my heartstrings. Because if it was, if it wasn't for them, who knows what would have happened? You know, and I know it's all speculative now, but I don't fear death. I'm not scared of dying. What I fear is not achieving a level that I, I deem of success within me or some kind of achievement before I die. Having an impact on the world, that's what I fear more before I die. If I don't have that, that's the only thing I fear. So I was never fine of death until that Jasmine. And now I don't want her not to have a daddy. You know what I mean? And I, I want her to be there for her, not to achieve, to look after her. You mm. know what I mean? So she does need anything. By hook or by crook, I'll do whatever's necessary to look after my own, my, my Kate and uh, Jasmine. I feel like that's my purpose. Oh, the other way. So once I had, once Carla was born, it's definitely for me now. Yeah. Not at all. No, it doesn't. It's, it's, it's mad out. Like, because I've got more things to be afraid of, to be totally honest. You know, um, yeah. the thought of, of um, my daughter, yeah, mm-hmm. um, passing, yeah, that's, so it doesn't scare me. That's a scarier thought, being mm-hmm. in this world without her, than it is you me not being here. And I know, that doesn't mean I'm going to go out and do yeah, anything yeah, by yeah. any stretch, but. That, it just doesn't scare me. You, know, you, t- you touched on saying that you have been to, had it before, what was that? See, so I had that before, so, I, so I, I had that before my daughter, so I had uh, mental health issues years and years, um, and the suicidal thoughts stopped once I had her, because now, now I know oh, there's more to it, you know, mm. even with my other two kids, there's more to it, there's more, I've got to mm. look after her. I had to look after my other two kids for that day, but she, yeah. she requires more care, so that stopped. Yeah. Um, the selfishness stopped. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Why that's am it. I going to do this? And I see her strength, yeah. and I think, hey, you know, how, can, yeah. how could I go out like that when this yeah. little precious little thing goes through all she goes through? You know, yeah, how do you. Because it's, you know, things still do get on top of me quite often, cool. but it's no more to do with, with what's going on with my daughter than it is about normal things in life that used to get on top of me. So although I still worry about money, it's not really 
you know, down here now, whereas before it was up here. Um, you need to eat beets on toast. You need beets on toast. That's well, it. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's so. It's just it, it's all swapped around. Um, so yeah, I still do think about money. And think, oh, it's Christmas coming up. Where is yeah. Where is that? Ain't that normal? I think like it's, it's mad to think. of it's some. Oh, I've probably mashed this quote up already a long time ago. And it was the simplicity of our understanding is no match for the complexities of our mind. And I think he's, we need to understand that. Stop driving yourself crazy trying to understand yourself. And like this, this podcast here, it's not us just ranting and, and telling them, ah, sorry, you're encouraging people to come on board so as they haven't necessarily got to worry about the complexities of their, their understanding so they don't have to think like you thought or mm-hmm. I thought or whatever. Because, it, you know, like, like you say, there's bigger things to worry about than your own, what would you call them? Your own... Humans? Yeah, yeah, well, we'll call it the humans. But, um, it's your mind, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you... Just on that, sorry, I just quickly went into my uh, Audible account. There's a great book. Um, I'll try and put it in the show notes if I remember. It's called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And it's basically yeah. what you were just saying there. So it's by a guy, Dr. Joel Dispenser. He's incredible. If you YouTube him, so if somebody doesn't want to watch the book, just YouTube Dr. Joel, D-I-S-P-E-N-Z-A. And he's got incredible things about why we are the way we are and just ourselves because what we effectively do is we go through life and a circumstance or a situation will like plant a wire in your head and the more you see that the more it kind of becomes hardwired into your head if that makes sense and it's effectively it's pulling all that shit out that we don't want to move us forward into where we want to go to um it's a brilliant book it's it's helped my wife massively with like her anxiety and her stress as well I've read it once before, I probably need to read it again as well, so I recommend but that. As you were saying, like, if you only ever saw your dad knocking him on the boat, first yeah. time, think, oh, that's what, but if he keeps doing it, it's hardwired in your mind. It's normal behaviour, isn't it? And, like, like we've had Charles, which could look, like, Daddy, you've been a prince, you come and rescue me. Hey, you ain't got to wait for no man to come and rescue yeah. you. And, and I, I, I always say to stuff like that, yeah. say, you don't need no man to look after you. And, I'll be the nurse, you've been away. You don't want to have a boyfriend yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's like, you, you'll be the doctor. Can I be the nurse? You'll be a doctor. You'll be, and I say, there ain't nothing you can't do. And people will say, I bet you got a box in it. I don't want Jasmine's first thing. Someone says something to have done. So I've had that all my life, part conflict. Well, I eat someone, I think, oh shit, I shouldn't have eaten. I'm going to get in trouble the old bill. Or if I don't eat them, I feel like a pussy. So I don't want Jasmine having that. I don't, I want her. She'll always learn how to box. She grows up and she'll do fitness. She competes, she competes. So she'll always do it, but I don't want it to be a natural thing of, he's done this, hit him. And I eat all the time up here. Well, if you hit, you hit him back. I went, that's your last resort. Violence is. And there is some people who need a fucking good eye. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not everyone. It's not because he beat me to jump out the car, pull him out the car. And fr- it's, not, it's not nice. It's not yeah. civilised. You know, but if you're being severely bullied, yeah, you can't strike back, but try and get around it in other ways first. Yeah. I think, like, like you say, it's, it's about, without sounding arrogant or you being one of them parents that, and, and snooty or whatever, it's about letting your child know that they're above your conflict. Yeah. As such, you know, not everything's going to get resolved by shouting, bawling or fighting. Mm. It, it's, it's not, you, what you're going to do, you're going to feed your ego or, mm. you know, and it's not. I mean, like my boys, I'll ask him, especially Troy, since he was old enough to talk, I'll say, what am you? And he'll say, King, say, what's daddy? And I'll, I'll, I have a joke now, I'll say, Romeo and Troy and Kings, daddy's God, 
And <laughs> mommy's the maid. <laughs> I don't like me for it. But yeah, I'll say, what I'm going to say, kings say, what's that? They say, God. And it, but yeah. that's the mentality I want them to have. I want them to believe them, kings. And they're never going to be, mind you, there is an opening for them. <laughs> there is an opening for them all now. But it's about letting them know that, look, that's, that's how you are a king. They are kings. But also, in my world. I also know? say to Jasmine, what's more important, being beautiful or kind? And she always says, kind. And I think that's just a lovely little thing because yeah. everyone's always, especially little girls, oh, you are beautiful. Oh, Jasmine, you are pretty. Because kind is beautiful. But I say, but what's more important? She goes, being kind, Daddy. And I mean, that's a lovely message that we can give our children. It's preventative, eh? I think that teaching them that and speaking to them on that level and teaching them what you've just said about like the conflict, that's preventative behaviour. And that's how you change the way the world works, is by starting with the seed. Yeah. You know what I mean? If if you keep trying to change these old heads, no, you know, back in my day, just tump them and this and other, you're never going to get anywhere. You need to hit the seeds and let them blossom into this new new world, new society. So that's I think that's I think that's a nice thing to to end with. Yeah. Has anyone got a little quote or should we just write? I have got one. If if nobody else has. No, you might. Uh, but again, it just come from the last few days, and I just seen it on Twitter. Um, but it was. It just says leaving your home and getting back safely is an underrated blessing and i think especially after the kobe incident as well yeah that's and yeah. it sounds really weird but like the last two days every time i leave the house now when i'm in and out i say to the missus this is a blessing and i and i appreciate it yeah. like i don't know how long that will last for but i think if we all have that emphasis um and you know we keep that in mind moving forward yeah we'll just be a lot more present especially and grateful. that 78 percent absolutely and don't be forward to tell people hey, hey, how much you love them like whenever my dad's off uh, traveling around the world with GB or every time, I always give him a big cuddle, two tough men, I give him a kiss <laughs> and go, love you dad, have a safe trip. Yeah. And every time I talk to my brother in Thailand, and every, mm. my old pals give him a cuddle, give him a kiss, go, love you bro. Because mm. one day, that's it. one of us ain't going to be here. Yeah. So never feel like we have to hold on to this, well no, I never told him he loved him, but I knew I did. Yeah. If you have the chance, tell him you love him. I think I'll tell you every week, mate. Oh, that's no. voice notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, love everyone out there. Thank you for watching. So, until next week, gang, ciao, a bit. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page, and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, Tarara Bit. Listen, listen, listen.